Welcome to the Nijajuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this is a special holiday gift for all our listeners out there. Uh, this is an interview we did with Alan Peakfield. Uh, Alan is a professor, a scholar, a martial artist, uh, just a really like knowledgeable guy. Uh, he was kind enough to sit down with Jess and I and discuss uh, his training. Uh, most recently, Alan was uh, the translator for Bruce Francis's Tao Te Ching book. We talked to Alan about his training um, in martial arts as well as Negong. Uh, Alan has trained with uh, some very ex- uh, accomplished uh, Chinese martial arts masters, including Rose Lee. Uh, Dan Dougherty and uh, JPG, uh, as well as our our teacher, Bruce Francis. So uh, he goes into that. Um, In the Patreon episode, uh, we go into much more detail about the practice of JPG's Bagua Zhang and uh, much, much more. Um, So if you're not already a subscriber to our Patreon, this is a great time to do it. And if you are a, already a Patreon member, uh, we just want to say thank you, and uh, we couldn't do it without you. So, hope everybody has a great holiday season, and a happy new year, and all that. Uh, take care of yourselves, be well, and enjoy the episode. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. We've just been trying to, like, I don't know, create, like, more information about, especially the Kumar system, and it just seems like he's the only one that really get, puts anything out. So we wanted to like do a research and look at books and articles and like, I don't know, just sort of penetrate the surface a little bit and like add to the background, like especially about Leo Hong Jay's teachers. And I don't know, just the, the, the different streams that flow into the school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As a professional researcher, I think one of the things I like about what you're doing is that you are trying to do genuine research um I mean, and yeah we're kind is, of gathering primary sources yeah well that's well that's exactly the point you are gathering primary sources as opposed to the secondary and tertiary sources which you know most of our fellows think are the god-given truth you know? <laughs> right right and one of our little slogans is do what kumar did don't li- don't do what he says necessarily you know what i mean like follow his teaching what he how he learned go through the same process he went through you can't just you can't come in at the end and join up and expect to understand the eighth energy body just from what he's saying you know you kind of have to go through the process to get there that you know and his biography describes a, a pathway in a way yeah you have to do what he you have to ex- experience it in whatever way you can it's you know I, despite <sighs> You know, despite being an academic, I'm not a great um, believer in simply the mental process. Mm. You know, and I, I have to admit that, you know, from, from early days, Bruce helped me see that. Mm. You know, it's not the thinking of some of a mm. thing. It's the feeling of a thing. It's the doing of a thing. Starting right there, would you be willing to tell us a story of how you met B.K. Francis and how you came <laughs> to get into his teachings? <laughs> um, well... I started martial arts very early, I know when I was 12, wow. um, 1968, with judo in school. Um, I was brought up in the Far East, and so uh, I was brought up in Malaysia. My father was a missionary, 
So I had seen martial arts and I'd seen Tai Chi. Um, but, you know, it wasn't the thing for a sub 12 year old kid <laughs> to be doing, you know, white sub 12 year old white kid to be to be doing those things in Penang. It just wasn't. So as soon as I got the chance on coming back to England, coming back to, to private school, I, I did judo. That progressed into, after I left school, was about the same time as Bruce Lee was coming on the market. Mm. So, you know, I hung around with some Kung Fu guys. I had a very good young teacher from Singapore. And Singapore, he, 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 I mean, he wasn't that much older than I was. He was in his 20s. But he'd been part of a Hakka family system. Um, from Singapore, from his, from his, from his uncle and family, um, and we became friends. And I was one of about half a dozen people that he taught privately. Mm. And one of the things about his way of teaching was he didn't teach teach you, you know, endless forms. What he did was he taught you basically how to break down. Ji um, Ben Gong, I guess, mm. I guess would be the best way of putting it. Like basic training, simple movements. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he also knew some of the top guys in London, either because he was in college with them or just, you know, hanging around. So he knew, um, I think the two most important ones were um, the, uh, was Joseph Chen, who was a Wing Chun guy, who I believe ended up as the bodyguard to some Saudi prince. <laughs> and he, um, and then there was the uh, Southern Mantis guy um, in Hong in Hong Kong. So you know, if you go to YouTube and see videos of him, you know he and my teacher were friends. And, mm. so, um, I then stopped. I mean, I'm I'm getting to the point, but take your time. <laughs> so I I then. Um, read Robert Smith's books as, as, um. as everybody. <laughs> a rite of yeah. passage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to switch from Kung Fu to, to the internal arts. And then in uh, 1977, I noticed a advert by Rose Lee mm. for her teachings in London. And she, of course, is mentioned by Robert Smith as, at the time, one of the, the, the best internal arts teachers to have come out of China. And this really was, you know, just out of the blue, totally unexpected, which means you go with it. You know, you follow that path, you follow that down. So I started her classes with Tai Chi and Bagua in 1977. Wow. Um, she refused to teach anybody Xingyi, her main art, mm. um, at the time because she'd had a bad experience teaching it in um, in Michigan when she was there. Mm. Um, so I, 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 she then she then decided to teach it openly. You could apply to the, to join the class, but that didn't mean that she'd accept you. But I, I was accepted. And um 
as the years have gone by, I have more and more tried to understand what she taught. And that's what I've been working on with Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's mentioned that a lot. About that. Yeah. I mean, could you tell us anything about Rose Lee, like for people who haven't heard of her before? She was from an old aristocratic family. Um, she was for, for in Beijing, right? Her father was uh, was, a, was a senior civil servant in the Department of Coal, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was an old-fashioned scholar. He and his wife only had one child, and that was Rosalie. Um, she was she was born, I think, when his wife was in her forties. So she was the classic sickly child mm-hmm. um, who was um, needed martial arts training to become healthy and bouncy. So she was taught, she, her father knew um, martial arts, senior martial artists, and he, he chose a guy called Dong Yun Feng. Oh. And Dong Yun Feng is. Um, He's, a, he's certainly a verifiable figure. There, there are pictures of him. I think Jamie may have some, passed some of those on to you. Yeah. Um, so he taught in um, in this fire god temple, and he was a contemporary of Sun Lutang. He was a contemporary of um, Shan Yun Sheng. Um, well, he was a he was a student of uh, Gengji Sheng's, right? Uh, yes. That's right. He was. Um, he also had a sideline in, um, I think, Liu He boxing. Mm. But he's not, you know, he, he, the name comes up occasionally. Interesting. Yeah, I think there's a book that he commented on, on Brennan's translations, one of those books he's, a, you know, just does, a, yeah. in, does the introduction for mm, it. Forward writer, yeah. 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 So um, he became really a sort of second father to, to Rose Lee. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, his love was Xingyi and that became her, her Mm. love. She was taught Tai Chi by, if I remember rightly, Liu Feng Shan, who was a student of, um, student of Wu Chunyu. Mm. Oh, wow. So that's the Wu style Tai Chi. That's Beijing Wu style Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. When she taught us, she'd obviously modified it um, slightly. Um, so, it, it, you know, what she taught us Tai Chi was, was, was a bit different. Um, and she never, ever named the style. Mm. People were constantly saying, well, you know, what style do you teach? Oh, that doesn't matter. If you want to call it anything, call it Beijing style. Hmm. That was as far as she as as, as she went. Um, <clears throat> she was extremely idiosyncratic. She wanted you to be um, faithful as a student, which meant exclusive. She would actually throw out her best students, literally, but not literally in the sense of throwing out. But she would ask them to leave. And by that time, I was traveling backwards. And this is, we're talking 1982, 83. So she threw, she, I was going backwards and forwards for my research uh, to Greece at the time. And I would only see her when I came back to England on leave. 
And it was after one of those sessions that she wrote to me and said, do not come back to my class until you live in England permanently <laughs> again. And I've never lived in England permanently oh. <laughs> ever since. Oh. So um, it was really no coincidence that by that time, Bruce was appearing in the martial arts paper magazines. Oh. Right. So that's a long way to get to your story. <laughs> get to your point. Um, so he was appearing in two of the British martial arts magazines. Um, Paul Crompton's magazine, Karate and Oriental Arts, and Terry O'Neill's magazine. And I was very intrigued by what Bruce was doing. But he was never in England at any time that I was, mm -hmm. because I would, you know, would come back to England you know, once a year for uh, six weeks, Um because I was, I was not just researching, I was working for a research institution in, in, in Greece at the time. And then in 1988, completely out of the blue, the, my Greek Tai Chi students, because I'd already started teaching Tai Chi by that time, rung me up and say, oh, have you heard of this American Greek guy, Francis? Um, yes. Well, we've invited him to come to Greece, to Athens. So that was where I met him. <laughs> um, uh, I got on with him straight away. Um, and he was there for a week, for a weekend. And, uh, we spent, um, you know, all the breaks together, which was a little odd, you know, considering it was the first time that I'd met him. But it was like one of those immediate, well, you could, I mean, it, in our sense, you could say it was a genuine karmic meeting. It was like I'd always known him. Um, so that was, uh, I met him, we got on, I started to practice energy gates, which is what he did that weekend, uh -huh. and used it as the basis of, of my practice. Um then the next time I met him was in um, 93 when Jamie invited him to come over to London and he taught, um, it was at the Albert Hall. Well, yeah, the room at the oh, Albert Hall. Nice. And surprisingly, even though it was five years later, he immediately recognized me, Bruce did. And so I've been training with Bruce every year since then. <laughs> wow. So that was a, a beginning of a beautiful relationship, you might say. <laughs> awesome. So what was his teaching like when you were first getting together with him? Was uh you know what what in what impress what was it what was the scene like what was he like? What was uh what made his system different from what you were learning before? Um Rosalie never taught anything in the way of application she taught she taught power generation and with some precision and 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 sting she taught but she didn't really teach e um and her sense of applications 
I think it was she. I didn't. I I don't think she ever learned them because I think she was a a, a young woman, um, a teenage girl, when she was with Dong Yun Fung. And it was like Bruce knew how to fill in all the gaps. Um, by that time, you know, every time I came back to England from from Greece, I would go and visit a new teacher. So I, I learned Eskrima um, for, you know, six weeks, went back and drilled it to hell, um, drilled it with my, stu with my students. I'd come back, find another teacher, do another um, six weeks of intensive stuff. Um, but th there was always something, something missing. And it was... I now understand that to be the Nagel. Mm. You know, it was that. And also one thing that was very clear with Bruce, he changed every time you met him. Right? Which I thought was a good thing because it meant there was genuine progress of his own practice. Yeah, nothing's ever the same twice. <laughs> no. That took a long while to work out what that was about. <laughs> yeah. Um, at the same time, which you may also know from Jamie, um, I became a student of um, Dan Doherty. Oh, okay. And Dan Doherty's approach to Tai Chi, immensely practical. Mm. It was. It was. He really, really had a had a systematic way of breaking down how to make Tai Chi martially applicable, especially um, in terms of uh, things like footwork, distancing, timing. Um, and he also taught the, the iron shirt, Neigong, that is characteristic oh, yeah. style. Um, and I, so I was running in a sense Bruce's stuff and Dan Doherty's stuff in parallel for quite a while. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Well, that gets us to meeting Bruce. What do you want next? <laughs> well, what did you think of like what, you know, because when I first met him, like Isaac, you were there, like, uh, well, you know, after I had trained him a little bit, but then. Man, he gave me just a butt whipping like never before, where he just like put beat me up in a way I'd never been hit before using internal martial arts. And it just it like fulfilled like all you know, all the Robert Smith books I'd read about. I'm like, oh my God, you could actually do this. It's not just a dream. Like this is real. Like, did you have that experience when you uh got to, you know, touch hands with him at first? Yeah. Um it was mainly through through well, what can I say? It, a lot of it was through the push hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you guys do a lot of Tai Chi together. Yeah. Um, but I was mainly interested in the Bagua and, and, and the Xingyi in particular. Mm. Um, same. I, <laughs> same. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you this. When I first went to Rose Lee, I actually went to her for her Bagua. Mm. I wasn't, wasn't interested in the Tai Chi at all. Mm. Um, but she forced me to do the Tai Chi. It's for the best, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she said, I won't teach you Shingy until we do the Tai Chi as well. So I thought, what the hell? Now, at some point, you also trained with Ji Pei Ji, right? 
Yes. Yes. Was that was that in the same period of time, or was that later on? It was in the nineties. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, I picked up training with Bruce in '93, and that was where I met Jamie, and and you know we stayed friends ever since. Sure, sure. Um, Chainsaws. And uh, yeah. So, yeah, I carried on training with 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 Bruce every time he came to London. Okay. By that time, it was already uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie who was doing most of it. Okay. So, so yeah. back to Zipeji because I want to get this. So, okay. Well, it was again one of these. Um, just keep an eye on what's in the papers and in the magazines and whatever. Um, I already had been introduced to Bagua magazine by then. You know the the mm. one that uh, about Bagua Journal. Yeah, and it it was. I would say, in a sense, it was it was it was karmic. I always made made copies and trying to put them to uh, the pages about the particular teachers mm. you know that were and so you know I'd, I'd collate them mm. and certainly she was one of those ones you think yeah yeah i'd like to i'd like to do that mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's in london yes. and it was the same year it was uh 1996 um so i went to his seminar after the seminar um, I was contacted by the organizer. Um, and the organizer said, um, Shopei Chi has asked you if you would be prepared to become one of his students. Oh. Um, there were two of us. Um, a guy from London who was, um, who'd converted to Islam, uh, but a really, really strong capable capable martial artist um so from that point on we trained with john davis who was the organizer um he was one of the i think he was the first um european well white person that she took on as a student Mm -hmm. uh, they were close in age. John was in his 60s when he first met Shepeji. Um, and so we would train privately together. Um, John John and I, I mean, he must have trained the other guy, because the guy who lived in London. But it, generally speaking, it was private lessons between me and, and John. And he just took me through, um, you know, all the essential aspects, including the Qigong. So I still practice and teach Shepeichi's Qigong. Um, I, I, I don't practice what he taught much in terms of um, palm changes. And the, the reason for that is because the, the solidified, firmed up palm changes um, are an invention of his through uh, the necessity to start teaching it as a regular system to outsiders. So when you look at the DVDs with Hergin Bao and and uh, and so on doing it, those palm changes were created very specifically for the DVDs to put out as a system. Mm. So what he actually taught 
was he would teach you the basic palms, the Jiben Gong for basic palms of um, of of each of the animal systems. So he had eight animal systems, right? Each animal had specific strikes, specific arms, fists. And then they could be put together um, using principles that were typical of all the other animals. Now, what I mean by that is that each fist represented the core, the, the eight basic weapons, if you like. Hmm. So that, in a sense, was your, your, your trigram. But then you could do, say, uh, the first strike of the lion system, which is, which is um, a pure yang system. You could then do shao strike, sweeping strike, in seven different ways, depending on the other uh, other animal you are combining it with. So you went from trigram, the basic strike, into the hexagram, which is you do a lion sweeping strike by turning the back, mm -hmm. which is doing it in the way of the bear. Or you do it as a continuous forward circle, which is the, the smooth way of doing it um, the way of the, the way of the snake mm -hmm. or you would do it with very low stepping you know and and, and that sort of shape mm. of hat so that you know immediately becomes a fire trigram um which is a cockerel and that was he, he he was much more interested in teaching you how to do that and that's how john taught me that's um, wild it, so you know we go to regent's park or, or his flat which is near regent's park and and practice together. Um, and then I met um, Andrew Nugent Head. I met uh, mm. Jin Bao. Um, Jin Bao is superlatively strong. Have you met him? Yeah, I went to his no, class sorry. one time. Yeah, he's he's serious badass. Very much so. But I didn't like the way he taught. He wanted soldiers mm. you know and i figured out that well I, I did go to one of the seminars that they had in china and that mm. was really interesting but it was really mm. a way for you know jinbao to be marked out as the heir mm. and andrew for all his his abilities do you know andrew no i'm afraid not no for all his i read abilities, his articles yeah i mean he's got great abilities but mm. He was making us do line drills. And I was thinking, I, you know, I did enough line drills back in the early 1970s. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not the way to be practicing Bagua. Um, So I, I did have, shall we say, a, a disagreement with the way that they were teaching Bagua. They'd switched it to something which Dr. Shear did not. I mean, he approved it, but it wasn't the way that he taught and I don't think it was the reason he he asked me to become one of his students. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't ask me to become one of his students because you know I'm a brutal motherfucker who can no. <laughs> you know, he 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 recognized you know my my mind, my analytical capacities, 
Um, so, well, his yeah, system I is. I mean, his system is his system's really complex. I mean, there's a it's lot of. I mean, it's the list is you know a half a page. You know, yeah. like, so yeah, he people... he um he basically said you, no one ever learns the complete system mm -hmm. unless you're the inheritor. Right, makes sense. So so choose what you want. Um, it was again one of these things of he says choose what you want to do. But then Jinbao comes along and says, "No, you've got to do everything." Mm. You know that it's that sort of stuff. My impression from Hu Jinbao's class was that you start with the lion system, and you yeah. you sir you do this just holding posture, circling. You do the horse stance, chopping the sweeping strikes, the chopping strikes, the slashing strikes, and then you you do basic. So it's like he created a basic training system, so someone could start from zero. And really yeah. build up gong fu before you get perhaps to the more complicated elements of Chinese martial arts. Whereas it sounds like uh, Master Xie, he just picked up wherever you were at and just went from there. He did, wasn't necessarily structuring it with uh, a lot of horse stance training in the way Hu Jinbao uh, wants you to start from zero and just like build your way up. And absolutely, I mean, very much so. Um, and. <laughs> I experienced him as both a martial arts teacher and a Qigong teacher. Mm. Um, and when he came over to, to England, he uh, he was also my doctor. I, I took, you know, therapies from him. Mm. Um, so I, I, I saw a fine division of the different uh, aspects of his personality. Because as a martial arts teacher, he was rough. Mm. Right. And he really exemplified this thing that, you know, he'll tell you something once, he'll tell you something twice, the third time he'll hit you. <laughs> um, and I love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you guys know, remember Stephen Logan, don't you, my student? I don't know. I don't think I am. No. I don't think so. No. Yeah, you might recognize him. He did come to, come to America. Okay. Come. So he 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 was in his late teens when we met up with with Dr. Shear, and I remember one of the classes Stephen was doing repeatedly doing a mistake, oh. and he didn't like that. So, um, and Stephen wasn't managing to to correct it. So Andrew said to Stephen, "Please, please go to the back of the class because if Shepe Chi sees you at the front again, you're going to get hit." So, <laughs> But he he was um, mm. you you wouldn't tell necessarily that he was a Bagua teacher when he when he moved mm. he didn't have any characteristics of you know the other people but he was what did they call him in the in the Bagua Zhang journal they called him like a pie dog you know these rough street dogs mm. an Asian term. Mm. Um and and he he just moved naturally. There was there wasn't any distinctive shape that you could see, mm. and he he mentioned that. Don't move like you have a shape. No one should know what you do. And that determined how he did things. Um, and also one of the most frustrating aspects of being a student 
was he would show you a technique and you'd you know you'd, you'd barely get it and then you'd ask to see it again and he said okay i'll do it again and he'd do something completely different right i mean ludicrously so at, at times yeah and he explained he, you know he, he he was doing the same thing but it was changed by how you approached him. What was the angle you approached him, the mm. speed that you approached him, and, and all those things, he changed them according to the various paradigms of, 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 of movement. And that was because he was saying, well, it's this strike done this way. But it's changed because of the fine detail of the approach. And that took a while to... The, it, for him, it was so obvious. It took a while for us to get that. Yeah. So if you wanted to see that technique the same way, you had to approach him from the same mm. angle, same, same speed, same. Um, and he's when questioned about that, he said, but that's how Bhagwa was always taught. It was a sense of how, how was Bhagwa taught? By Dong Hai Chuan, and mm. th that seemed to be, yeah. Dong took you and he showed you this, and if you knew that, he would show you that. I mean, that's 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 the mythology we or sure, you know, thing that 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 is talked about. But of all the Bhagwan teachers I ever met, he was the only one who actually did that. Mm. Everyone else talked it, but he didn't really do it. You know, everybody else, yeah, took it, but they didn't really do it. He really did it. He couldn't do anywhere else. Hey, folks, hope you're enjoying the episode. Uh, if you want to hear the remaining hour of the uh, interview we did with Alan, you can go over to the Patreon and join up. Uh, not only will you hear this interview, but we also have interviews with Bruce Francis, as well as a bunch of other people that we've uh, talked to over the last couple of years. Uh, there's also bonus episodes and much, much more. So check it out. Again, I uh, hope you're having a good uh, holiday. Uh, take care of yourselves and be well.